From the darkest reaches of space to the deepest corners of your mind. Your mind. Welcome to From the Void. Welcome back to From the Void and the second part of my interview with producer, writer, director, and UFO researcher, Caroline Corey. If you haven't heard part one yet, pause this episode and go back to the last episode first. If you've already heard it, well, then you're in the right place. Here's part two of A Tear in the Sky on From the Void. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar place just in terms of the fact that it it seems like, you know, if you believe some of the stories that have been out there for a while, like, you know, like the account of Bob Lazar um, seemed kind of crazy at, at initially. And then as time has gone by, some of the, the aspects of his story have been proven at this point. You know, some of the things that were very specific to his story that now have been confirmed um, as things get declassified over time. Um then it kind of leads you to believe that perhaps, you know, the U.S. government at least has gotten their hands on some advanced technology that is otherworldly. And so maybe some of it is ours and us trying to back engineer things and trying to figure out the physics behind it. And then some of it is, you know, quite possibly literally otherworldly and, and potentially from civilizations that are, you know, potentially millions of years beyond us. And, you know, you, you think about just the advancement in technology within the human civilization between say 1900 and today. And, you know, it's exploded and continues to, uh, you know, advance at, at rapid speeds. Um, you know, I remember, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I had a, uh, psychology teacher in high school who went to a technology convention and came back and he said, and this is probably 1996, maybe said, um, you know, I believe that, uh, in your lifetimes, you guys will see technology where you'll have your phone and your computer and, all, you know, all these devices that were used to being separate will all be one device and it'll be tiny and you'll be able to carry around your, you know, I mean, he basically predicted yeah. the iPhone. <laughs> so, right, right. you know, and it, you think about that, just the, you know, in, in my lifetime, in my adult lifetime, the advances to technology, um, it, it, it's remarkable. So you, you, um, you expand that exponentially out, out, you know, outward to you know, what, what is it going to look like? What are we going to discover in the next 500 years? You know, much less another million years if we don't kill ourselves first. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Right. Exactly. I agree. I mean, uh, and to think that we are like the most advanced civilization in the whole universe is also kind of ridiculous. Like, yeah. just look at the mechanics of the universe. Look at this galaxy. Look at the potential of how many planets could be inhabited um, with a more advanced civilization. You know, I mean, the odds of that is, is staggering. I mean, and so to think that those these civilizations, um, you know, couldn't have <laughs> figured out how to interstellar travel, like, and and that it has nothing to do with the 
propulsion, actually. Right. It's at a whole different level because traversing space, uh, light years, you know, between planets, you know, if you're going at it linearly, taking months and months and years and years, just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, so we will never, ever, ever, ever get to, you know, outside this galaxy. You know what I mean? Like, the human would because because if 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 that's the case and it it just doesn't make sense that however this universe came about however intelligent life came about regardless for it to be um totally disconnected from each other like you know it just doesn't make any sense so so that's why i think it's just a matter of time and a matter of uh understanding uh, the mechanics of the universe really First, and to me, consciousness is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, I think it's at the base of all understanding. It's kind of like the science of consciousness. Whenever we start to look at it from that perspective, would eventually explain the the you know the all the what we call paranormal events you know anything that's beyond physical so you know we want newtonian laws to explain everything well okay well there are other things happening that are not explained that way so we need to to say newtonian laws explain physical the physical world but then there are other laws that govern the rest of what's happening of reality and so I think the moment uh, scientists start looking at it from that perspective, we will start to really, really, really advance as a civilization and start to create technology accordingly. And so, um, and that technology will, because it, it will be based on consciousness. Consciousness is unbound by space and time. A consciousness is non-local. So then you start to create technology that allows you to to teleport or, you know, go from one point to another in space, interstellar travel that's based on, um, you know, quantum, um, uh, you know, warping and things like that, as opposed to what we're doing right now. Yeah, you're, you're getting into... Uh, 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 the wheelhouse of um, uh, Dr. Michio Kaku, who I yeah. I got to interview several years ago, and um, man, he lit up. We were talking about um, uh, what was it? Uh, advancements in our space program, and mm-hmm. you know, as you said, you know, we're we're talking about different forms of propulsion, and and when you talk about that, yeah, like the nearest star, it would take us, you know, millions of years to get there, you know, just because of the current technology, it would be so slow. And, and physics, the laws of physics tell us that we cannot exceed, um, the speed of, uh, the speed of light. And so using that form of technology, you know, we're, we're probably never going to get there. We take, we would have to have ships that would carry generations of people, um, you know, basically a, a planet, you know, on a, on a ship, um, to even get there but if we start to talk about alternate you know ways of of getting from point a to point b when we talk about anti-gravity technology or the ability to create enough energy to warp space-time and leapfrog across the universe then suddenly you know it's it's theoretically possible Mm -hmm. and maybe that's what these other civilizations have figured out that are further advanced and further along uh than we are 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Einstein and, uh, I mean, speaking of Michio Kaku, he even says it's totally possible. It's not, I mean, it's physically possible uh, to, uh, to, to warp, you know, warp technology and also uh, wormholes. They're very, very possible. They don't know how or they don't know where or whatever. But so if it's scientifically possible uh, already, uh, scientists accepting that fact is is a is a first step but now we need to kind of do something about it you know (laughs) so uh so that's why you know going back to the film i'm so excited about again the discovery that we made is it a wormhole is it something similar to a wormhole what is that you know and by the way since we finished the film um, there's a lot of uh, scientists who looked at the data because, you know, the the recordings are, it's raw files. We didn't do anything. Like we didn't change anything or, so we just zoomed in on the, on the, 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 the anomaly. And so, uh, so other scientists looked at it, looked at uh, the raw files, many, many of them, uh, because we put it out in a conference, a scientific conference for UAP, and also the scientists uh, in the movie, they're working on a paper, actually, uh, talking about all this. And so they are in contact with all sorts of different scientists, you know, from NASA to to atmospheric science to also like different disciplines to try to say, what is that? It's not like we want it to be this way or uh, or that way. We just want to know what is this? Because, of course, we've already... Uh, proved and shown that it, it's not, you know, it's not a camera glitch. It's not this, it's not that. So what is it? So, but by definition, if a wormhole is basically an opening of some sort in the fabric of space time and allows you to travel or allows you to instantaneously faster than the speed of light appear and disappear. Well, that's what's showing on the camera. That's what it's doing. And so, so, and, and there is no, like they're telling us theoretically, that's what a wormhole, that wormhole is possible, but no one's, there's like animation of some fake, you know, wormhole, but no one's recorded. Nobody's taken a photograph of an actual wormhole. So why not? What if it's this, you know? So that's why it's crazy, at least to, to have that conversation. And by the way, uh, just a quick side note, but important one, uh, since the film was done, we continue to try to have access to satellite images because you'll see in the movie, we have specific location of that wormhole, um, you know, the height, the, the angle, the, how, how, you know, we have the, the, the coordinates and, um, of course the time of the day. Uh, and so, so we kept trying to find out, um, trying to find, um, uh, satellite images, about that specific event on that day, that time, that location, etc., and impossible. Of course, we're talking private agencies, governmental agencies. No one, either they don't have it or they won't give it to us. And uh, and finally, we filed the FOIA request saying, "Hey, you know, we want to know." And uh, basically, they came back. We have the letter. And uh, that says, yeah, even though we are the uh, United States government agency for satellite imagery, this and that, we do have 
all of these um, um, images, but the ones you want is uh, FOIA exempt, meaning classified. Wow. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I really want to see it now. <laughs> yeah. So that, so what, I mean, what, what's, what's an image, like satellite image of this one thing, like is going to do, what is it going to do? You know, so the, the fact that they said that is kind of mind blowing, like yeah. what's going on here, you know? Well, it, it kind of goes back to this idea that um, when, when these military officials start reporting these things up the chain of command, they seem very disinterested in it. But that, you know, that that's ridiculous. Uh, that's a ridiculous notion to think that the uh, the government on many levels wouldn't be absolutely interested in this, especially if it's not our technology, because, right. you know, the 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 uh, uh, military industrial complex, we always want to have the edge on our on our enemies. So if we could, ha if we could get our hands on technology, that's just light years beyond anything our adversaries have, of course, we're going to try to, to get our hands on it and weaponize it. So right. like, this notion that the government hasn't been studying these things all along is ridiculous. I know. Yeah, I know for sure. For sure. That's what I mean. Like the truth has to come out. I think the truth is coming out. So every effort you know, we have to to kind of move in that direction. That's what I'm doing, you know, by putting this information out there, by investing in that type of projects and expedition and science and things like that, the, the better and the faster, you know, we will have some results because, um, you know, we can't be waiting for them to tell us um, the truth, obviously, at this point. So we have to keep at it. We have to keep at it. We have to keep going. And so I'm very excited that this film was the first of its kind, you know, to do something like that. And so uh, we have to, we have to keep spreading that information and those visuals, you know, those images um, as much as possible. Absolutely. What, what, in your opinion, as, as you've worked with uh, these different uh, witnesses and scientists and, and using all this uh, uh, amazing technology, like one of the pieces of technology that I thought was the most remarkable, and I'd seen this used once before, um, is this software that's able to uh, determine whether or not the object being filmed is a bird or a satellite or a plane um, and, and identify it. And then if it essentially like checks all those things off the list and there's nothing left, then it identifies it as a potential UAP. Um, what, you know, what, what is the most remarkable evidence that you've seen uh, so far, or at least heard of through these uh, different individuals who have been studying this? Yeah. I mean, that's um, we, we did use that technology that you mentioned in our uh, UFO DAP system and other software, uh, that one of the scientists was developing himself, kind of writing it from scratch. I think there are a couple of other ones already out there as well. And so, yeah, basically you have to realize that when you're doing a research, it's, it's hours after hours. I mean, it's hundreds of hours of data, you know, so if you're recording, you know, because you can't be staring at the entire sky all at once, you know, you have to have many people. I mean, it's, it, you have to record it anyway. And so, so if you're running uh, these recordings 24 seven for a long period of time, you end up with, with ridiculous amounts of 
files, you know, which, which we did already. So uh, even with that type of software, so the software will, is going to help you rule out right away um, if it's a bird or, you know, or an insect, or if it's a satellite as well, or, so this technology is already out there. And I, I mean, I don't know, I haven't spoken specifically about that technology to other people, to be honest. Uh, but for me, the, the wormhole thing was, is one of those captures. It was through one of those cameras that had that software. So right off the bat, you know, we, it, the, the, the software already knew it's not this, it's not that, it's not, you know. Um, and also, even with this type of software, the scientists, as they're studying the data, they still consider the possibility that maybe it's a camera glitch, you know. So that's the next thing that they would do. Is it a camera glitch? How, why is it or why isn't it? You know, is it radiation? Is it light? Is it some sort of, again, atmospheric, you know. So so they go down the list of beyond the software. The software is like the first step to eliminate hundreds of hours of data, uh, you know, files. But then even with that, then you have the scientists that who step in and study like the heck out of it. You know, it's like <laughs> frame by frame, frame by frame to make sure. Because also... These are hardcore scientists. These aren't like ufologists into new age or whatever, you know, who who are right away going to say, oh, you know, we found a wormhole, we found a UFO. They're going to be very careful. In fact, we were having this discussion all the time throughout the whole production. They kept saying, we have to be careful, you know, we're, we're like scholars here, you know, our, um, at the university, you know, our image and our, our reputation. It was a constant conversation we were having. So these guys were very, very, very nervous, very nervous going into that, um, you know, and making sure that whatever they put out there was science-based and scientific. So people need to re remember that, you know, um, that these are the types of, of scientists who did investigate um, the, the project in our film beyond even this, this software. Yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's an incredible job that you're doing. I think the thing that will push this field forward is exactly what you guys did in the film, which is uh, to 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 bring in the right types of professionals to heavily scrutinize the data um, so that we can rule out things that uh, ordinarily, like when someone throws a, a video or a picture up that later get debunked because, you know, we didn't do our due diligence in eliminating the other possibilities. And that's what you guys are doing. And, and that's what we need to do um, as a whole in this field to bring credibility to it and to get other people uh, with those types of um, expertise to come in and be interested enough to come in and lend their their uh, their expertise and their knowledge to uh, to the study of this, so we can once and for all figure out what in the world is is flying laps around our our best technology. Right, exactly, exactly. So you know, I'm doing my part, and I'm hoping again with the film that uh, more people will will try to do you know similar things, or or I mean, not necessarily exactly the same, but I mean, keep moving the um, you know the, the go to the next step, like keep moving forward. We need that to finally uh, come to the truth. Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, um, where can people stay up on top of what you're up to and, and what are, are you working on uh, next? 
Yeah, so I'm definitely working on the next uh, <laughs> the sequel for this one and other projects as well. Um, you know, in different areas, but definitely this one has a follow up. Uh, just because where we left off was just crazy cliffhanger, you know, like is this possible? Well, we stumbled on. So, um, so, so that's uh, that's in the works and uh, other projects as well. The best way people to watch this film and um, to kind of see what's going on with this research, at least uh, go to a tear in the sky.com. That's the title of the film, a tear in the sky.com. Um, and they can watch it on Amazon, iTunes, you know, pretty much everywhere. Um, and so, and then they can get in touch with me also through the website uh, and then we'll post updates of future projects there as well at tearinthesky.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I was super excited to have you on. I love this documentary. Watched it a while back and thoroughly enjoyed it and the approach. And um, if nothing else, I, I, I hope that it it lends to the credibility of the topic for no other reason than for, for guys like uh, Kevin Day who um, regardless of, of what this phenomenon is, it's clearly had a, a monumental impact on guys like him. Um, you know, you can see how visibly shaken he is when, when discussing it. And, you know, it, 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 uh, as you said, you know, destroyed, almost destroyed his career and has affected negatively a lot of other people, uh, similarly. So if we can at least, uh, get this subject and move it along to the point where, people start to take it seriously and, and start to look into it and their gut, their initial reaction isn't just to make light of it and kind of pass, pass it off. Then I think, um, I think we're moving in the right direction. So I appreciate, I appreciate your work in the, in the field. Oh, thanks so much for saying that. I, I appreciate you inviting me also today. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you. What is it that so many military personnel are seeing in our skies and even in our oceans? Are they advanced aircraft being developed by some black budget program? Something being tested out against our top known technology to see how it stands up? But if so, the technology behind these unknown craft is seemingly decades beyond any current known technology and seems to employ a propulsion system that appears to manipulate gravity itself. It also doesn't explain the fact that these objects have been sighted going back as far as World War II, or perhaps even farther back. Perhaps the answers won't come from the government as we'd always imagined, but from we, the people. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed this or any of the previous episodes, consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing, and also telling a friend. It helps us get noticed. I'll be back next week with a brand new mystery. And until then, I've been your host, John Williamson, and you've been listening to From the Void. <laughs>